All right, welcome in to another episode of College Hockey Southwest Weekly. As you can see, we're not in the friendly confines of Oceanside Ice Arena today. We're here at the Ice Time Hockey Southwest Studios. Um, as you can also see, my partner Tom Callahan is not with us today. He's getting ready for a holiday trip back to his uh, home state of New York in Buffalo, New York. So uh, we wish, wish Tom the best and the happiest of holidays. Uh, a couple things we need to get done right away. We need to talk Sun Devil Hockey. And first of all, the Sun Devils got another sweep this last weekend here at Oceanside, uh, stopping uh, the Colorado College Tigers in a couple of games. The final one was a shutout. Joey Decord's fifth of the season. Also uh, had Johnny Walker, the nation's leading goal scorer, get two goals on Friday and two goals on Saturday. So Johnny's now at 17, leading all of college hockey. We look ahead a little bit to uh, the opportunity to have the hockey, the Desert Hockey Classic here at Gila River Arena. It's uh, approaching quickly, folks. It's going to be the 28th and 29th here at Gila River Arena. Four great teams coming in, the defending national champions from Minnesota Duluth. We're bringing in the uh, Mankato, uh, I'm sorry, the Minnesota State hockey team from Mankato, Minnesota. Also bringing in Clarkson University. And, of course, your Arizona State Sun Devils. So four top 20 ranked teams coming into uh, Gila River. Great opportunity for people to get out and see some great NCAA college hockey right here in the desert southwest. We looked at the polls briefly. We didn't have a USCHO poll yesterday, so we're strictly looking at USA Today where the, uh, the Sun Devils are holding down a top 15 spot, number 13 in the country. We also, of course, are keeping our eye on the pairwise where the uh, Sun Devils are currently sitting at number 9 in the country, and that is the most important of the polls. Right now, we've got a couple of great guests we're going to bring in. We're going to bring in, first of all, the strength and conditioning coach from Arizona State University and the world's strongest woman, as she's titled, Leanne Blinn, is going to be with us. Uh, we also had a chance to visit with somebody from outside the region. We have Jess Myers from Forum News sitting in with us. And he has uh, made the trip down to Arizona to do a little visiting, uh, a little snowbirding, and then also uh, given an opportunity to see these Sun Devils who... Uh, are surprising the hockey world all over. And we're going to sit down with Jess a little bit and talk a little bit about Minnesota hockey, Arizona State hockey, and everything in between. So without further ado, let's jump in and visit with Leanne Blinn. All right, welcome in to another edition of College Hockey Southwest Weekly. The podcast, the video cast, everything for Ice Time Hockey Southwest. If you've been around the Sun Devil Hockey Program, you may or you may not have seen this lady, but she is an integral part of what's been happening here at ASU. Leanne Blinn, welcome in. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So tell me a little bit about your title, first of all. You, uh, you do a little bit of everything here in your second stint at ASU, but talk a little bit about what your position is. So I came back um, in March as the head of sports performance for Olympic sports um, to be alongside Rich Winter running uh, 25 Olympic sports that we have here and uh, men's ice hockey happens to be one of my sports. So when I talk to the players and I've seen them since July, they've all been uh, working out hard. Their success on the ice has been phenomenal, but almost to a man when I ask them what their key to A, staying healthy and B, to performing the way they are. They want to give a lot of credit to you, so I said it's time to visit you and find out your secrets. Oh, I'm not giving away all my secrets. <laughs> so so, yeah. <laughs> so first of all, away. tell me a little bit about preparation for a season. What do you do with these guys to get them prepared to, to play ice hockey? 
It's, there's a lot of the integral parts that go into it. Um, it is looking at them as an individual, looking at their sport. Um, our programming isn't sport specific per se. It's more about getting them stronger, faster, more powerful, more explosive, so they can perform better on the ice. So um, when you see these guys coming in, like you did in, in July and August when they started coming yep. back doing captain skates and stuff, what was your overall opinion of how they looked? They didn't look bad, to be honest with you. There was little things we had to tweak there and there, um, here and there. We had to, you know, get their nutrition on point a little bit, give them a few more carbohydrates than they were used to eating, um, and then just work on getting them stronger overall. Um, you know, people say, well, how, much, how strong is strong enough? You know, my mindset is lifting is lifting and playing is playing. So I'm not necessarily don't care how much they bench. They don't need to bench and squat like me, but I also don't need to be on the ice like they need to be on the ice. So it's a combination of both, um, getting them stronger and more physically fit overall. You know, I always do a, a customary thing when I talk to a player, I knock on wood that there's no injuries. and. I don't know if you've done something differently or who's done something differently, but these guys have been remarkably healthy so far in the first half of the season. Any thoughts on that? Knock on wood, they've been very healthy. Okay. A few minor nicks and dings here and there, but honestly, it's, it's, I give them credit. They are taking care of their bodies. They're doing extra stretching, extra mobility work. They're taking the weight room really serious, and I think that's a huge part of it. And I think they're 100% bought into the program that we've laid out for them and the longevity that they're going to have. You know, everybody knows in hockey they have, to be, they have to be fast, they have to be flexible, but for the most part their, uh, their strength is important as well, correct? Absolutely. Um, strong, stronger, powerful, more explosive, so strength is absolutely integral. What, what specifically would you do with a player like Johnny Walker is one that stood out to me this year. I saw him in the summertime, he came in, I know he worked on his skating some and he came back, but he's quicker now, he's faster, he, he takes hits better. Is that anything that you can put your finger on as to why that's happening this year? Or? I think he's learned how to control his body a lot better. Um, he's gotten stronger in strength, uh, to be honest with you, is the root of it all. You yeah. know? Um, I think he, he embraces the weight room more than he has in the past and he understands the why behind it. Um, and I think he, he's feeling better on the ice. You know, a lot of it is confidence too. The weight room can give you confidence. If you bench 15 pounds more, 20 pounds more, squat, clean, things like that, it, it's really a big confidence builder when it comes down to the weight room. And I think that transfers over to the ice quite a bit. Let's get specific with this team if you can. Tell me a little bit about how much you work with them during the season and during the off season and what kind of a program you lay out for them. During the off season, it's five days a week. Okay. Um, so in the summer, they're stuck with me. Um, you know, Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, <laughs> we do speed agility work along with lifting. Tuesday, Thursday, it's all about conditioning based. Um, I don't believe in long endurance conditioning for them. Their shift is 45 seconds or yeah. so. So um, it's really about repeatability. Um, and we try to get some of that in the beginning. It's more about energy system training. Um, then when they report uh, in October or so, we do some on ice skating. Um, kind of transition into that playing mode and they're gonna they lift with me two days a week and some guys actually come in a little bit extra and do extra stretching every day extra mobility every day and so they're they're really 100% bought into taking care of their bodies which is awesome to see and that's something especially with the road trips that these guys take I mean they go cross-country they're gonna have another stretch of cross-country runs so is there, is there anything in particular that you have to design for them 
um, when they're on the road that much, you get enough rest and that type of thing? Rest is important, nutrition is important. Um, you know, we get off the plane, five hour plane ride, they have dinner and then we do stretch every night uh, when it comes down to, you know, getting off the plane, you're stiff, you're sore, uh, making sure they're hydrated, we're really well hydrated. Um, and we do, again, we do extra stretching, extra mobility work, they cold tub, so cold tubs have been a huge part of this season as well. So when you saw the schedule yourself this year and you realized how tough this was going to be on the guys, was there anything that you said, hey, I have to do differently or maybe extra special to make sure that they're good to go all through the season? Uh, I think keeping their strength levels up was one of the, one of the biggest things um, and making sure they're engaged, which they 100% are. Um, there's not one, one of the guys that slacks during the season. Like They understand how important the, it is. The stronger, the longer you stay stronger, the longer you're going to play throughout the season. So and we all know you talk about the magic number. So uh, I think I think they're going to get there, and I think the more they stay in the weight room, the more they take care of their bodies. It's going to help them down the road. Well, obviously, we know as hockey players and athletes that the the more winning you do, the better you feel. You Absolutely. don't feel the bumps and bruises as much if you're winning, and if you're fighting for a spot in the lineup you really don't feel those bumps or bruises very much because you don't want to lose your spot, do you? Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. And I think they're all feeling pretty good, uh, but they're a great team. The culture is unbelievable. The coaching staff is unbelievable. So they're just, they're a great group to be around. One of the best teams I've been around in a long time. So I'm going to ask you this question. I think I already know the answer, but were you surprised at all that they were performing the way they are right now? Not at all. Um, you know, everyone said in the past, you know, they haven't been very good and, you know, they're going into year three, but their mindset is they don't lose. That's right. their mindset. They, come, <laughs> they, they think they can win every game and that comes down with confidence within themselves and the structure and the culture within the team and, um, you know, everyone's proud of them and they've done a really, really good job. You know, for those that don't know, the, the hockey team here plays at Oceanside, which obviously doesn't have weight facilities per se or things like that, but you guys have a state-of-the-art facility that you're able to use over at, uh, at Sun Devil Stadium, aren't you? Yeah, we have a pretty nice facility. We have two nice facilities, Sun Devil Performance and then uh, Carson Student Athlete Center, so we go back and forth between the two. Um, hopefully when they build a new rink, knock on wood pretty soon, um, they'll put a facility, training facility in there as well. Talk, a, talk about Arizona State Athletics. I mean, Herm Edwards comes in here and the football team is energized and ready to go, and I told Coach Powers, I think that that Herm's energy is spreading throughout the department. Are you seeing that as well? 100%, 100%. His energy is second to none, and he he just breathes it, lives it, and it's, <laughs> you know, the whole athletic department, Ray Anderson's been a, done a phenomenal job getting great coaches here and great support staff. So I think it's, you're only gonna see great, even greater things from ASU. I know this is gonna be a tough one, but I'm gonna make you do it anyway. Uh -oh. Tell me a little bit about what brought you to Arizona State for the second stint and what brought you here for the first stint? Growing up on the East Coast, what, what was the attraction to Arizona? Uh, sun, like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's eight months, nine months out of the right. year, you get to be outside. So that was definitely part of it. Um, but the great culture it had, um, Joe Ken brought me here the first time around as an assistant. Um, the opportunity to work for him and work for a great department. And Gene Smith was the athletic director at that time and it was just a phenomenal department and the opportunity to come back i was excited for the opportunity to come back and um, i think there's a lot of great things that are going to happen down the road so so tell us about growing up where'd you grow up what did you do you told me off camera a little bit about all the different things that you've done but talk a little bit about yourself if you could 
Oh God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in Massachusetts in a okay. small town in Massachusetts and I uh, went to school at Endicott College in Miami, Ohio to finish my undergrad. Um, I've competed for the U.S. women's team in powerlifting for the past 20 years. Um, I'm a 14-time national champion, a four-time world, world Games champion or world champion, um, and uh, yeah, I compete and have fun with it. Um, I've been at Boston College, Arizona State, Nevada, Reno. I've owned my own business, worked private facility, so I've done a lot. Um, I've been doing this for 23 years, so I've been around. Okay, hold, I'm going to stop you right there. You only are 25. How have you been doing this for 23? Two. I started once at two, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Leanne, I appreciate your time. Let's finish things up by, uh, we've got a big Desert Hockey Classic coming up here that uh, we're bringing probably four teams in the top 15 in the country if things work out that way. Um, what's it going to take for the Sun Devils to come out on top of that event in your estimation? I think they just got to continue to work hard, continue to believe in themselves and continue to believe in how they play and, and there's no doubt in my mind that they can come out winning those games, those two games. Leanne Blinn, I appreciate your time. Keep making these guys better because uh, they've got a long road ahead of them. They're, uh, they're playing very well right now, and uh, the, you know, the sky is the limit as far as how far they can go. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, welcome in to another College Hockey Southwest weekly podcast. Uh, I got a familiar face of me for those of you watching on the website. I've got Jess Myers with me, another former Bulldog, a world Minnesota native, down here in the desert southwest. So, so Jess, first of all, welcome down. Thank you. I, I try and come down here just about every year. My father's a, a snowbird down here. Yeah, he's easy to tell. He's the only one with a golf cart with a World Warriors flag on it at the uh, <laughs> community where he lives. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it feels like a second home to me. Well, the desert southwest is, has been my home for a little while now, and we're here covering Sun Devil Hockey against Colorado College. I want to get your perspective from an outside view of Arizona State Hockey. What have you heard? What have you seen? What, what's the scuttlebutt about this team? You know, for, uh, what, three years now? Three, three years or so on since uh, Sun Devil Hockey came online. I'll be honest, it's kind of been treated as an oddity. You know, like, boy, they, they play hockey down there. They're not, they're not in a conference yet. You know, they don't have, uh, you know, a full-size college rink yet. You know, it's, it's kind of treated as an anomaly almost. But this year, all of a sudden, that's changed because the Sun Devils are really good, you know, are coming into to buildings where they might not have had success in the past. They're beating teams. You know, uh, last night's result with Colorado College is a prime example that, uh, you know, the, you get down 2-0 in your own building and all of a sudden come storming back. Everybody wants to know about Johnny Walker. You know, who is this guy? Where, you know, is he for real? All of that. So the script has flipped pretty dramatically just here in the last... Uh, couple months I would say you know everybody suddenly is interested in Greg Powers and is interested in what's going on down here beyond just the uniqueness of you know playing hockey in the desert when it's uh, you know 65 70 degrees out in December well you're starting to feel it right now it's 65 70 outside but when you get into Oceanside it might be the coldest rink I've been in and I've been in a lot of those northern Minnesota rinks so I want to get your opinion when we're all done as to how cold you think this building is you know, it, it, that's tough for me being from uh, six miles from the Canadian border, you know. I've, I've been in places where I've seen pucks break in half because right. they're frozen so solid. So uh, you're not going to impress a lot of northern Minnesotans with cold hockey rinks. But, you know, this is what hockey should be. Right? If people are experiencing the game for the first time, I think this is frankly a great place to take them into because it's so intimate, it's a little bit cold, you know, everything's tight, everything happens right in front of you, as opposed to a bigger facility like the route for like Mariucci or some of the places that you get used to in, in Minnesota or North Dakota college hockey, 
Here you're right on top of the action and you know, you really see the, the speed of the game, the impact of the game, the physical nature of the game. So for first timers or for people from Arizona who are getting exposed to hockey for the first time, this isn't a bad place to do it, I gotta say. So your, your perspective, like you said, has been changing a little bit with the uh, Arizona State program. They're now 13, six and oh. Um, they got a great goaltender. They got some balance. They got some great recruiting classes. My my impression on this class was profound in July and August when I saw them come in for captain skates. Um, I said these guys don't know how to lose. They come from winning <laughs> programs, and and they really took it hard when they played Ohio State because they hadn't lost before these freshmen at least, right? And those were close games too. I it, mean, that, I think. Even that opened some eyes with some people because if you've seen Ohio State this year, yeah. that's a rock-solid hockey team. They were in the Frozen Four last year. Steve Rollick is recruiting like crazy. You know, Brett Larson, who's now the head coach at St. Cloud State, who was an assistant at, at Ohio, for a, Ohio State for a few years, he said, you know, one advantage a program like that has is they can walk into any living room in North America and every kid has seen the Ohio State logo from yeah. watching football on Saturdays. Now. I do think you're seeing a little bit of that with the Sun Devils as well, with Herm Edwards, you know, kind of raising the profile of Arizona State football again. I think, you know, that's an aid to recruiting no matter where you go, is that people know this name. They know the fork a little bit. That's a great point. And I talked to Coach Powers about that earlier this year. I said, Herm Edwards is so infectious. He's got so much energy. Does that spread through the department? And to a man, they all say, all the coaches here say, yeah, he makes a big difference in, in the whole, you know, coaching chain from every sport at ASU. I, well, I don't know if you want to say P.J. Fleck has had an effect on Minnesota hockey just yet, but uh, <laughs> he certainly has a lot of energy and is a, is a fun guy to, uh, to watch. You're working for the Forum News now. You're covering Minnesota hockey. As a Bulldog, how difficult is that for you? You know, this is a really exciting opportunity for me, and, and what they're doing at the Forum is really uh, uh, amazing. In this era when newspapers are struggling and are finding different ways to do things, and you have stuff like The Athletic popping up, Forum is one of the rare places that has made a real commitment to covering college hockey and made a real investment, bringing on people like me. They already have people like Brad Schlossman at the Grand Force Herald, who for my money is the best college hockey writer in America. They brought in Mick Hatton, who was previously at the St. Cloud Times, had been covering the Huskies for more than a decade. So uh, this is a lot of fun. So not only are we covering teams like the Gophers, North Dakota, Minnesota, Duluth, Bemidji State, we're also launching a website called The Rink Live. That's coming up soon. We've got a Twitter feed, we're doing video, we're doing podcasts. It's going to be kind of a one-stop shop for all of your college hockey in Minnesota, the Dakotas, high school hockey as well. You know, just kind of everything you want to know about the game in those areas. And, you know, one thing that, that kind of led to them bringing someone like me on is they've got something like 100 newspapers in Minnesota and didn't have anyone covering the Gophers full-time. I was lucky enough to be selected to, to get that opportunity. And i got to say, it's been great fun. I've known Bob Motzko for years. Uh, this is his first year on the job with the Gophers. This is my first year on the job in this new position. So we're kind of learning the ropes together, and uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. So I saw the Gophers play North Dakota in Vegas, of all places, earlier this year. And, and they looked like a team that was trying to get it all together, trying to get the new system, trying to get adapted to the coach. How are things now at the uh, midpoint of the season from better part. I just sat down with Coach Motzko and did kind of mid-season grades for this team. They've got a really good penalty kill. 
Um, that's one of the good pieces of good news. They've got the best penalty kill in the Big Ten. Part of that is by necessity because early in the season they were taking so many penalties it was unbelievable. It was driving the coach crazy. Uh, the goaltending has been spectacular. Matt Robson in his last outing at the University of Michigan last weekend had 50 saves, you know, kept them in the game. He has been fantastic. A kid from Toronto of all places, you know. I go back to the era when the, the Gophers wouldn't look at a kid from Hudson, Wisconsin. And, you know, now they've got a, a fantastic goalie who's a, who's a Toronto kid. So. That part has been really good. The places where they need to improve, their power play, which is amazing, because if you've watched Bob Motzko's teams over the years, yeah. both when he was an assistant coach with the Gophers and as head coach at St. Cloud State, his power plays are amazing. I mean, they're just fun to watch. They always seem to find some guy on the back door completely wide open. That's not in place yet for the Gophers, and I know that's frustrating for their fans. I know that's frustrating for the coach because they just expect that Bob Motzko power play to be there anytime an opponent goes in the box. The other place they really need to improve is defense. Um, they've been leaky. You know, they've, they've yeah. made a lot of young mistakes. They're a young team. So right now, I think at the midway point after 15 games, it looks like Bob Motzko is coaching somebody else's team. I mean, I think that's pretty typical for a first-year coach where the players are getting to know him. He's getting to kind of figure out what he's got. He's thinking about what it's going to look like in the future. So uh, in a very tough Big Ten, they're right in the thick of it. I don't see them as necessarily winning the, the conference title this year, but they're in the thick of it for an NCAA tournament berth and you know, need to win some games here in the second half to make that happen. Well, here in Arizona, we're preparing ourselves for Minnesota State, Matt Gato. We're uh, preparing ourselves for UMD. We got Clarkson and we got ASU. It could be, uh, all four teams could be in the top 15 in the country when they come down here on December 27th and 28th for the Desert Hockey Classic. Give me your thoughts as a, as a Bulldog alum of uh, what you think of that. They're coming in a little shorthanded without their head coach, possibly without three of their best players. Thoughts? You know, this is always an interesting thing when you have a good hockey team. Yeah. When you do a, a tournament at World Juniors time. I, I go back, you know, 15, 20 years, going up to Duluth yeah. when they used to host a holiday tournament. Boston University comes to town, and I'm asking the BU guys, you know, what, what should I know about your team? And they said, well, we have this goalie named Rick DiPietro, but he's not here right now because he's playing in the World Junior Championships. I mean, that's the situation you're facing with both of these teams. As you alluded to, not only players missing, you know, some, some good players off UMB who are going to be playing for Team USA and won't be there at the Desert Hockey Classic, but also uh, both coaches are going to be gone. Right. You know, Scott Sandlin is, is an assistant, and then Mike Hastings, the Minnesota State coach, is the head coach for this go-around. So it'll be a little different. now. Don't let that take away from what is going to be, I think, a great hockey tournament. You know, right. you look at who's left over, so to speak. You know, uh, Richards for, for UMD, for example, Todd Richards' son, who's, uh, yep. you know, had a, had a great year there. Hunter Shepard, their goalie. Um, you know, people funny ask me, what do you expect of the Bulldogs this season? I said, well, you know, last year was the rebuilding year. Right. And they happened to win a national <laughs> championship in it. So, you know, they've been ranked uh, among the top teams in the country, and rightfully so. And the Mavericks are a really, really solid team. You know, Parker Toomey, their leading scorer, interesting story. I remember his dad playing high school hockey for Hill Murray. Right. The dad goes over and, and uh, plays in Germany, winds up living in Germany, raising his kids there, and then Parker from Germany comes back to Minnesota <laughs> to, to play for MSU. Plus, they've got a freshman goalie who's gotten about 10 of their starts so far. His name is Dryden McKay. Right. I, I think if that's not the perfect college yeah. hockey name, Dryden McKay. So, exactly. So, uh, you know, they're pretty solid in goal. They've got some them, some scores and, you know, they uh, the Mavericks always kind of play with a chip on their shoulder because they were kind of the forgotten team when St. Cloud and Minnesota State, 
uh, excuse me, when St. Cloud and Minnesota Duluth went to the NCHC, the Gophers went to the Big Ten, they kind of, you know, quote unquote, got stuck in the WCHA and they thought, right. well, okay, all we can do is win the conference every year and that's what they've been doing. Um, the big question there, of course, They've gone to the NCAA tournament several times, still haven't won an NCAA tournament game, and I know that weighs heavily on uh, the people in that program. So we'll have to see uh, what kind of noise they can make this year if they get back in. Well, Jess, I know we're getting close to uh, face-off time here. I want to wrap it up. I, uh, you made a trip down here to the desert. We're going to make a trip up to uh, see you guys on March 1st and 2nd, and we're hoping that it's going to mean something when we come up there, hopefully playing for a spot. What's your thoughts on ASU coming to the University of Minnesota? Well, I tell you, it's about the photo negative of this atmosphere. You know, here you have a very intimate arena and you have uh, a small ice sheet. You get up to Mariucci, that ice sheet looks like one of the lakes that they have in Minnesota. It's just gigantic. And, you know, 10,000 seats, although they have had some trouble filling those seats this year. So, a uh, very different atmosphere, but that will be really fun to see. As you said, you know, uh, they will be, I think, in the thick of the fight for an at-large berth when they come into Minneapolis. And now, of course, me covering the Gophers and traveling with them I've been pushing them hey we got to go to Tempe next year right especially you know hopefully like right in January one of those times where you can sit in a nice outdoor hot tub so yeah, we'll see how that works out Jess thanks for your time great to see you again as two Bulldogs uh, to wrap here a little bit down in uh, in the desert southwest and thanks for coming down we'll see you in March well thanks for the great work you do it's fun to keep up on all things uh, southwest hockey between Vegas and the Coyotes and ASU uh, uh, it's fun following uh, your stuff on Twitter as well so thank you appreciate it Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. All right, welcome back, folks. It's uh, another great episode of College Hockey Southwest Weekly as uh, in the books. Uh, I want to thank my two guests today, Leanne Blinn, the strength and conditioning coach at Arizona State University, and Jess Myers from the uh, Forum News and Rink Live at uh, Minnesota and the uh, pretty much the beat reporter for University of Minnesota Hockey. So thanks to Jess and Leanne for sitting in with us. As we prepare right now, obviously the uh, Sun Devils are gone for the holidays. They've all had a chance to return back home for an eight-day break before they come back and and commence practicing on December 26th. Uh, all four teams in the Desert Hockey Classic will practice on the 27th out of Gila River Arena. And then games begin for real on the 28th and 29th in the uh, 2018 version of the Desert Hockey Classic. We're looking forward to uh, providing you with a lot of great coverage on the new podcast. We want you to stick in and, uh, and follow us along. Now available on iTunes as well as Podbean. You can tune in there. You can also tune in at our website, icetimehockeysw.com, and enjoy all the great podcasts and all the coverage coming up for the Desert Hockey Classic. So without further ado, let's uh, bid you a happy holidays, a Merry Christmas, and we'll see you all on the 26th.